Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. So today is not just the start of a new week, it being Sunday, nor is it just the start of a new month, being November 1st. It is the start of a new worship series, but it is also an opportunity for us to look and see what now. And this worship series is inspired by and informed by conversations that have been happening not only within our worship leadership team, but also within our church, within our community, and indeed within our nation and the world. And that is because we believe that as United Methodists, we are called to be very much grounded in the scriptures and in God, but we are also called to be cognizant of what is going on in the world around us. We do not exist in two separate realms, but we are those who bear Christ in the world. And so what the world says and does and how the world acts and reacts does affect and impact us as it affects and impacts our loved ones. And so we are called to be aware of this and to figure out how to bear Christ even in the midst of these things. And so whenever something happens in our lives, whether it is wonderful and triumphant or whether it is horrific and perpetuating pain and suffering, we are called to ask, what now? We are not a people who continually look back and stay stranded there, nor are we a people who are inactive in the present. We are called to be a people who are always looking forward, looking to the kingdom to come, looking forward for the return of Jesus Christ, and looking for the next blessing that we are to perform in his name. And so we are looking forward at what now? And I am not about to preach to you about politics. That's not something that I believe in doing. But I am aware that politics are about to have a major crash into the church and into our lives. And so it's appropriate for us to say, how do we move forward? How do we move forward if we are happy and those that we love and are called to be in right relationship with are not? And what if it's inversed? How do we move forward? What now? And so we go all the way back to the scriptures in the book of Exodus to get our first example. And that is from Moses. And Moses, who has up until this point done very well in accordance with God, is leading a stiff-necked people, a people that don't always agree with Moses, a people that when Moses says, God says we're going this way, let us go this way, they go, no, I'm really angry. I think we'll stop and go back that way. And Moses must continually stay with these people. He cannot cast them aside. He cannot excise them from his life. He recognizes that even though he is Moses, the prophet, the leader of the people of Israel, he is also a person of Israel. And he is with them. And he has to be for them. And even when they frustrate him and anger him, he is called to be with them and to help be a guide and a connector between these stiff-necked people this very disobedient group, and their God. And he shows us today that the first thing he does is recommit. He himself chooses to go before God, and it says that he bowed low and he was prostrate and he worshiped, which is always where we should begin. No matter what happens in our lives, it is important to begin and end with worship and with prayer. 
and by reconnecting to our God. And so that is precisely what he does. And then he reaches out through the gift of prayer and conversation to ask God. He says, if now I have found favor in your sight, Lord, I pray, let the Lord go with us. If I have found favor in your sight, God, then stay with all of us, not just me, but with all of these people. I am asking on their behalf. I am asking because I am one of them and I care about them and I know that you care about them too. Do not abandon us, but go forward with us. And he recognizes this is a stiff-necked people. It's okay to admit that you are interceding for people that are not always right or perfect. In fact, that would be very biblical. It also recognizes that we are human beings that don't always agree, whether it's on how to furnish a church, how to build a church, how to lead a church, how to lead worship, how to vote, how to handle secular matters that still impact us as we live in this world. All of those things are going to come to us with disagreements, sometimes arguments, and it's perfectly fine to recognize that we're not all going to agree. But then he does something that is truly amazing. He asks for pardon for all of us. Pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance, your possession, your people. He is asking for God to choose them once more. Do not forsake us, Lord but continue to call us your own. And because of the earnestness in his heart of his request, this is God's response. I hereby make a covenant. A covenant is an eternal bond, an agreement between God and people in order to be bound to one another. This is the same kind of language that we get at Mount Sinai where God says, I am your God and you will be my people. And together we will do this wonderful thing before us. And that's precisely what God says here. I am moved and inspired and desirous of making covenant with these people, even though they are stiff-necked, even though they complain a lot, even though they often fail to be obedient, even when they choose their will over mine, I will make a covenant with them. I am choosing them to be mine and to be with me and to receive my blessings God goes on to say, I will perform marvels, earthly miracles, the likes of which no one has seen, not these people or any people, and no one will be able to do what I am able to do. And all that are living around you, all that are living among you, will see the work that I, the Lord, am doing, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. And that's really where we find the hope and the inspiration as we are moving into a week where many people that we know and love, including possibly each of us as individual Christians, will struggle with what happens after an epic election. Some of us will be in the midst of relationships where people are going to lash out in anger and speech that might border on hatred. And we are called to be focused as Moses is, on God and on our collectiveness as we seek to move forward rather than getting bogged down in arguments and continuing to facilitate the outpouring of negativity and violent language. We are called to be a people that ground one another in hope and in love and especially our God. 
And that's not an easy thing to do, as Moses will experience. That is not an easy thing, but it is a just, a right, and a good thing. And so Moses will do this. Time and time again, this is what Moses will do on behalf of the people that he calls his own, from which he comes, and to whom are entrusted into his care. He will do this because this is what God has asked, not because it is what is easy or what makes him look good or what makes life joyful and easy for him, but because it is the right thing. And we are called to know less. We are meant to be a people who stay very focused on what God is asking of us, even as the world has its own demands and asks its own things. And no matter what tragedy we experience, whether it's an outcome of an election that we disagree with, or whether it's the loss of a loved one, or whether it's suffering in our body, in our mind, or in our spirit with illness and disease, we are called to be a people who recognize that there is still work to be done within and outside of ourselves, but most particularly in relationship. This is where the metaphor that Christ uses of the body of Christ is so vital and important to us because Jesus reminds us that we are greater than ourselves, that we are called to be not only in community, but in right relationship and family with one another. And when things go wrong and we disagree or we have a rift in our relationship or we become very bogged down with the outcome and the ramifications of decisions that people make and we ourselves make. We don't excise them from our lives. We don't amputate a piece of our body simply because we disagree or because we have had a negative experience with one another. If we did that, it would create such undue burden and hardship for ourselves and for the rest of the body. But it would also mean that we were going to be suffering forever for the loss of something that cannot be replaced. When we have an amputation in the body, and I've been uh, unfortunate to be around a number of people that have lost a limb or have lost a piece of their body or even the function of a limb, the body always seems to want to try to reconnect. There are those that I have met that have continued to sense and feel a limb that is no longer there. And our relationships are no different. We can pretend and put on a veneer outwardly that says that, oh, it's fine and I don't care. It doesn't matter to me that they're no longer with me or a part of my life. That's not the honest truth. That we are created to mourn loss. We are created to recognize that we lose something, not only in death, but in the loss of a relationship. And that's why God mourned so deeply Time and time again, when God's people turned their back and followed their own will into the darkness rather than staying in the light and following God's will for them and so that others would be blessed through them. We cannot turn our back on who we are meant to be. We can try to find other ways of getting fulfillment, but at the end of the day, there is a God-shaped hole in every person. Every person of every socioeconomic class, every person of every race, every nationality, every legal status, every end of the political spectrum, there's a God-shaped hole. And the only thing that will ever make us complete, that will ever fill that void, is God. And one of the most incredible revelations that a Christian can have 
is that sometimes you are the vessel that is going to pour out God into that hole for another person and help them for the first time in their lives experience what it is to be full, complete, and whole. And that is the mantle that we bear. But there is such joy in serving God and serving others in this way. But at a time when so many of us are finding ourselves divided and feeling that it is either right or wrong, yes or no, black or white, Republican or Democrat, so many times we fail to think that the person that seems to be in opposition to us could possibly be beloved by God, much less beloved to me. And so we must push back on that earthly human inclination to cast people aside, to disregard them simply because we do not agree. And there are ramifications for the decisions that we will make, the votes that we will cast, the lives that we will live, and the decisions we make from financial and household decisions to decisions that we make within the church and outside. But that doesn't mean that we cast one another aside. God has never forsaken us from when the time we first started to sin to the time that we sinned after we recognized God's grace till the time that we stop sinning because we are dead. We will make mistakes. And God continually loves us, forgives us, and pours out more grace than we could ever use. We know, love, and serve a God that chooses relationship, chooses to empower us to embrace it or forsake it. But we must offer that same gift to others, whether or not we agree with them, whether or not we like them, whether or not we would consider ourselves compatible with that person. There are so many times where Moses grows frustrated with the people, so many times, and yet Moses repeatedly in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, prays for them, prays that God will forgive them, prays that God will bless them, give them what they need. And no matter how upset and disappointed God gets in God's people, God still every day gives them manna to eat in the wilderness, gives them leadership like Moses and Aaron and then Joshua and the judges and the prophets and the kings. God continually ensures that they are not lost. God plants God's self right in the midst of their community and takes up residence in their hearts. Never turning God's back on them or telling them that the, the covenant is over. Instead, God reaffirms it day by day. Reconciliation by reconciliation. God affirms that they and we can still be forgiven and loved. And we are going to have an incredible opportunity to reveal that to the world in the days ahead. And so when the world is using language and name-calling and engaging in behavior that is not befitting of the kingdom of God, it will be our personal struggle to resist joining in that and to act more like Moses and ground ourselves in our God, to use language that reveals love, hope, and forgiveness rather than language that continues to cement a divide, amputate a relationship, and excise people and persons from our midst. We have an opportunity to show the world healing and wholeness and a desire to move forward. Like Moses, when we say, what now? 
like the people of Israel who ask, where do we go from here? God's answer is, you can go anywhere because I am with you. And the world will see, not only am I with you and for you, but the world will see mighty things because of what I am going to do with you. You are the means by which I will bless this world. You are the means by which this world will experience my goodness and my grace. And I will bless all people through you. But blessing other people means that we put aside our own opinions. We put aside our own disappointment and even our anger in order to be vessels of God. I doubt any of us want to be a vessel that is so angry and filled with rage that we would want to pour God into that. It's often that Jesus uses the metaphor of salt and wineskin. About you can't, once salt has lost its flavor, you can't get it back. And you don't pour new wine into old wineskins. Why would you pour a God who is the perfection of love and forgiveness into a vessel that hates and holds grudges? Instead, we must liberate ourselves from that. Christ came and ministered and died that we could be forgiven and set free. And this is our moment. No matter what happens after today, Tuesday, or what happens in the days ahead, if we choose to stay grounded in God, there will be a place for all of us. Grace abundant. And that is what we must speak, live, and enact in the world in the days ahead. This is not an easy time. And I know in my own relationships with my family and my friends, with my church members, and far out into the community, that this is an unparalleled time of difficulty. From all of the implications and the ramifications of living in a pandemic, to watching so many suffer with illness and death, to having our lives just overturned and upheaved, and now to see so many people placing all this emphasis on an election. It can overburden us. But then we remember that we serve a God who says, come lay your burdens on my altar. Lean on me. For I am strong no matter how weak you feel, no matter how weak you are. I cannot just carry you. I can help you gain new strength. For you can do all things in and through me. And that is the gospel message that we are being invited to start to live now, long before Tuesday or any results. And I hope and pray that this will be a moment where not just Crozet United Methodist Church, but anyone who dares to bear the name of Christ in the world will have an opportunity to show the world what it looks like to be a vessel of God's goodness and hope in the days to come. That is something that Moses did, not for his own glory, but for his people, out of love for them, even when they don't show love to him, and out of love for God, for God never stopped showing love to Moses. May we be the next vessels who pour out the goodness of God and God's essence into our relationships, our conversations, our actions, and our very lives so that this world will have hope in the days ahead. And that all of those who mourn and those who are suffering will know that God is with them and for them because we 
are going to show them that we are with and for them as well. May it be so. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.